Um, I can tell you tonight because most of them uh, that are going to the couples retreat aren't here tonight. So I think they'll still go. Um, so I had asked Finley Cutshaw, who pastors in Memphis, Tennessee, I'd asked him several months ago if he could uh, um, do the couples retreat. And he said, and he said, well, let me look at my calendar. He said, yeah, he said, we, Rebecca and I can make that work. And looking forward to it. And as we kept getting closer, I kept uh, pushing Finley. I, we, we like to get a few of the notes. So we have those to put in a little book. And, and we uh, wanted him to get the plane tickets, you know, and, and get that all settled. And, and uh, well, we got to this weekend and still didn't, we still didn't have anything. And I've been chirping at him pretty good on text. And so I sent him another text message this week. And on Saturday night, or Saturday morning, I sent him a text and said, uh, hey, have you got these tickets? You know, we're kind of waiting. And I got a text last night. And he said, well, he said, I was checking Google. And they're saying that they're kind of high right now. And I thought I might wait a day or two. And I'm looking at Teresa, and I'm like, they're just going to get higher. I, he's got to be here Thursday. And so I sent him a snidely little text. And I said, you do realize it's Thursday. And he sends one back. This Thursday? <laughs> so you got to know this group of guys. I'm thinking, he's talked to Dwight, and they're just pulling my leg. you know. So I send Dwight a text, and... And I'm mad at Dwight, and I'm mad at Finley for them trying to mess around with me. And Finley sends me the text of the date that I had sent to him in December, and it was in April. This always been the same week for years. I have no earthly idea why I sent him a date in April. And I'm glad that he hadn't bought tickets because he was going to buy them for April. And so, um, anyway, uh, and, and he's got a pretty good-sized church. And, and so I, we, we chatted, and he called back today. He said, I just cannot make it. So um, this is going to be a very laid-back couples retreat. We're going to do a lot of sharing. Okay, and I'm going to do a lot of praying. And you guys got stuck with me a few years ago because our speaker got snowed out. He couldn't get here. They're saying they're supposed to get like a foot of snow there tonight. I'm praying for seven, and maybe we'll get snowed out. <laughs> so this might be the best couples retreat we've ever had or it could be the worst so anyway sorry guys i don't know i have we have never done the couples re retreat in april i have i thought he's lying to me i go back to the text you know and, and then sure enough you can't hide a text i mean it's right there in bold print and and now i understand why he was he was telling me he said he said rebecca and i were walking this week and, and we were praying about this thing. He said, we've been talking about this all week long. You know how excited it is? And, and Brother Monday is just so organized that he is wanting all this done now 
and it's not until April, you know, and I'm doing all of this, and it's this week, you know. <laughs> oh, brother. Oh, anyway, what do you do? <laughs> all right. Well, that's like the guy I saw in Edwards one day. I thought it was a gentleman that, um, this was several years ago, but I it was a gentleman that lo- had lost their son in a car accident. And uh, I just went up to him and didn't know him well or anything, just knew who he was and went to him and said, hey, uh, I, I know, uh, sorry about hearing about your son, just want you to know I'm praying for you and uh, just want you to know that. And I, and I left and I checked out and got in my truck and I'm sitting there and I see the guy walk out and I realized that it was the wrong guy. I'm sure he called his son to find out if his son was okay. <laughs> oh, well, this one's almost as good, but I guess if that's the worst thing that happens this week, it won't be too bad. But uh, sorry, guys, for those that are going, you're going to be disappointed in your speaker, but um, we'll figure something out. And uh, uh, maybe we'll be like the Quakers, and whoever is led to speak will say something. Well, let's leave it at that. <laughs> so, no, we're not doing that. Laura would be the first to stand up and speak. <laughs> All right. Revelation chapter 9. I just shake my head sometimes. I have no idea. It's Thane's fault. He should have been writing all this stuff down. He's the correspondence guy, right? I mean, he, he it's his fault. He's not here tonight. Let's blame it on Thane. <clears throat> I like that. <clears throat> I'm going to get a phone call. Yeah, he's probably watching right now. <laughs> he, he, he was watching on the cameras earlier on the his security cameras because uh, my son is our assistant. And he, he said, who's the young couple sitting towards the back? He sent me that text before church ever started. I'm glad you guys are here tonight. So, <laughs> so. Oh, he just said it's not Thane's fault <laughs> on a live stream. <laughs> All right. <laughs> oh, that's funny. All right. <laughs> Revelation chapter 9. You know, something to be thankful for is that we will not be here through the tribulation, and I am so grateful for that. We had uh, gone through the first part of uh, Romans or Revelation chapter nine. We had seen the fifth trumpet of of uh, judgment that had uh, uh, taken place here in in uh, the first twelve verses, and uh, a star fell from heaven upon the earth. To him was given the key of the bottomless pit, and and so uh, seems to be Satan himself. And, and and then it tells us verse three that. There came out of the smoke locusts upon the earth. Upon them was given powers. The scorpions of the earth have power. And uh, I, I do believe that these locusts are demons. And uh, locusts is just a description of or a symbol of, of uh, God's judgment. I'm, I'm sure they were devilish looking. I, I don't uh, uh, know exactly. Some, some try to spend a whole lot of time in trying to figure out and compare certain things to what we have in modern-day warfare today. And, and, and maybe some of it is, but 
you, you have to realize by, by this time already that uh, 25% of the population has already been killed. And so you're talking 2 billion people have died. Th think about what 9-11 what did to the world. Think of that. Just And we had, what, two short of 3,000 people who died on, on that day. I mean, it, it shut down world trade. It, it shut down all the airlines worldwide. I'm, I mean, it was, that was devastating. And, but can you imagine what it's going to do to the, to the world when two billion people have already died? And so I, I just don't know that, that what we're going to be dealing with here will be what we would consider modern, modern warfare I don't know that all of that will be working. I mean, everything is so computerized today, and I don't know uh, if it will or, or if maybe we will be back to riding horses and, and fighting with swords and bows and, and whatever else. I'm not sure, but anyway, I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time thinking about that. I'm just grateful that I'm not going to be here. But these demons as locusts and scorpions are... Uh, uh, going all around, and it was commanded them that they should not hurt the grass of the earth, neither any green thing, neither any tree, but only those men which have not the seal of God in their foreheads. And, and so we know for a fact that there were 144,000 uh, uh, special Jews that God had chosen out that are preaching the gospel and telling people to repent and and not, and they're totally protected, and uh, the Antichrist is not able to kill them, and we know all of that's going on, and so they're saved, and, and to them it was given that they should not kill them, but that they should be tormented five months. So even those that they were, uh, all the unsaved, they weren't allowed to kill them either, but they were tormenting them, stinging them, and, and causing all kinds of disruptions, despair, and hopelessness. And then it tells us that it gave us a description of them, and, and we already looked at that. And, and they had tails like unto scorpions, and their stings and their tails, and their powers to hurt men five months. And they had a king over them, which is the angel of the bottomless pit. This is Satan, whose name in the Hebrew tongue is Abaddon, but in the Greek tongue hath his name Apollyon. And so the Greek name uh, meaning uh, destroyer, the Hebrew name meaning destruction. And so then he says in verse 12, one woe is past. And so here we have a description of that first woe that has just taken place here in, in uh, the first part of chapter 9, the first 11 verses. And behold, there come two woes more hereafter. And knowing that uh, this second woe will uh, uh, pass by when we get to chapter 11 and verse 14, and then the third woe will be pronounced and will be taken care, uh, uh, part of in chapter 11, starting in verse 14, going all the way through uh, chapter 19 and verse 21. And that will be the third woe, and that will also include the seven bowls of wrath. And, and uh, all of this, we need to understand, is God's judgment on the world and their unbelieving ways, and because of their rejection of Jesus. And so the one woe is past, and behold, there come two woes more 
hereafter. And the sixth angel sounded. And so this is the sixth trumpet. So we've already had five of the trumpet judgments. Now we have the sixth uh, angel sounds out the trumpet. And I heard a voice from the four horns of the golden altar, which is before God. We've already seen that earlier, the altar that's in heaven. And and this is the the, the altar of prayers. And, and uh, uh, we, we know that um, the altar of incense, you might say, and, and the incense is the uh, the the smell of incense going into the the nostrils of of God Himself, being pleasing, because it's the prayers of the saints, and it's the prayers of those that martyred saints that have uh, lost their lives, and and so here we are at that altar, and uh, the voice comes from the four horns of the golden altar, which is before God, saying to the sixth angel, which had the trumpet. Loose the four angels which are bound in the great river Euphrates. And uh, he's very specific in this. He uses a definite article talking about there are four very specific angels that, that uh, we see have been bound. And they are loosed and they are uh, come out of the great river Euphrates. I, I find it interesting as I was reading in the commentaries and reading about Euphrates, and Euphrates was the far western boundary of the, uh, of the uh, 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 promised land to Abraham. And, and it's also interesting, it seems to uh, talk about the far reaches of the world, and, and it was there that we know it was in those far reaches where Nebuchadnezzar came out of and the Persian kings, and, and so it seems to be the place where, uh, where the enemies have come from, and and uh, that seems to be more of the symbolic reasons for uh, talking about the great river Euphrates. It's also interesting when you read of the past about Euphrates, and, and uh, it's the headwaters of the Euphrates that had sprung from the Garden of Eden. So it is there where Satan tempted uh, Eve, and, and Adam chose to sin, and, overthrew, and, and Satan overthrew mankind at that time. It's a place where the first murder took place with Cain and Abel, and, and so we see that also the outer reaches then of all of the enemies of Israel. And so we know that not talking about a good place, and these four angels were loosed, which were prepared for an hour and a day and a month and a year for to slay the third part of men. So now of the... I mean, like right now, we're close to 8 billion people in the world. We're, we've already lost 2 billion of them earlier in, in these judgments, so we're down to 6 billion. And, and now we see that a third of those now uh, are, are being killed, and so you take out another 2 billion. So now we're down to half the world's population. Think of how devastating that would be. Something else that's interesting here is that this has been prepared for an hour and a day and a month and a year. The very exact time that God says it's time to do this. And it's that time that God has prepared and only God knows the time. I, I, don't, I don't get these people that as soon as you hear somebody get on TV or get on the radio or get on the computer and start telling you that Today is the day, or 2012, or 2021, or 
whatever. You know, John Hagee was a guy, I, people used to chirp at me about John Hagee. John Hagee is a liar. John Hagee is a false prophet. John Hagee is an adulterer who, who left his wife and ran off with his piano player. John Hagee is somebody you don't want to listen to, okay? Uh, I mean, so don't come to me and say, hey, have you read John Hagee's books about the red moon or the blood moon or whatever? You know what? We just had a blood moon, and here we are. We're still here, right? And, and so don't, as soon, and, and, and it's simple, as soon as you hear somebody say, it's going to happen right at this date, turn them off, run the other way, they're a liar. Jesus himself even said, only God the Father knows the day. He's the only one that knows the time. I, I don't understand how people can hear, you can read Jesus' words, say that, and they say, ooh, I got a word here, and it's going to happen on this day, but maybe it won't if you send me a bunch of money and help me buy my new private jet. Honestly, it's just follow the money. And so have a great following. And, and, but here we see, know and understand that, that God has designed this for a specific time and only God knows when that is. But look how devastating it will be. And the number of the army of the horsemen. So the four angels are loosed. And it tells us that with them then is coming an army of 200,000 thousand. And I heard the number of them. That's 200 million horsemen. And I believe that they're demonic. The, the, the demons are going to be turned loose. And, and it's amazing to me. I, I, was, I was sent a video today. Um, there was a school board meeting with the school district in uh, Des Moines, Iowa, here just a while back. I don't, I don't know if you, do you remember in the state capitol in Des Moines, they had the, the they had put up um, the, the, the statue of, of uh, Satan, and the veteran went in there and knocked it over and cut the head off. Uh, I want you to know he got charged with a felony this week. And so he's probably going to go to jail for that. I, I'm glad to see that the politicians have at least come out of the closet and will tell us now who they are. <laughs> but uh, I also find it interesting that Des Moines, Iowa, I just watched this video where they're having a school board meeting, and there's a man that comes in who is a priest for the satanic church and wanting to have an open discussion with the children in the Des Moines school district about Satan and how good he is. Can, can I tell you something? The, these 200 million horsemen, the demons that they are, have followed Satan, and they hate you, and they hate that man who, who at the end of that says, Hail Satan. He, he is hated by the God that he worships. It's amazing to me to think that Anyone could think that anything that represents Satan is good. Can I, I, I maybe I don't need to do this, but can, can I tell you that, that the, these, these stones that, that people are talking about that have, uh, I, I don't know, the, the magnetic field around them, and, and, and you can have those crystals in your house, and I, can I tell you that they come from the earth? This earth is cursed, and they do not come from God. 
can I tell you that your horoscope isn't something that you really want to be looking at because it's talking about witchcraft. There, there are all kinds, of, even, and, and I know people want to say it, but, but, but yoga, you, you open your, you're opening your mind up and, and allowing the influences in your mind that should not be there. And, and they talk about centering yourself with earth, mother earth, and, and, and uh, it's all demonic and all of those things that, that people are doing. And, and I know, I get it, you know, people are like, oh, come on, preacher. You, you know what, go ahead. Go ahead and, and open your mind and, and listen to the trashy music that worships Satan and, and open your mind to the teaching of those lyrics and you tell me how good your life goes and you tell me how things are going to go in your life because all you're doing is allowing a satanic influence into your life and it isn't good, guys. Oh, how careful we need to be. And, and I'm not against anyone that uses that, but I'm telling you, you better quit because it's going to hurt you, and ultimately, can, it can blind someone to the point where they reject Jesus, and they'll spend an eternity in hell, and they will not be in a place where even the devil likes them. The devil will hate them. The devil hates everybody. Everything that Jesus is, the devil is just the opposite. Jesus is love. The devil is hatred. Jesus is life. The devil is death. Jesus is truth. The devil is all but all lies and, and deceit. Oh, there is nothing about him that we want. There is nothing about him that's good. There is nothing about him that is safe. And here we see that 200 million of his demons are going to be with him. And thus I saw the horses in the vision and them that sat on them having breastplates of fire. It, it's like they, they were shining like fire. And of jacinth, and, and jacinth is a, is a stone, a, a sapphire. It could be a, a, a blue or a dark red color and, and brimstone. Brimstone, you might as well just call it sulfur. I, I remember uh, Pastor Graham talking about when, when they uh, went on to Iwo Jima and he, he said the, the, the smell of sulfur, the whole... The, you know the whole island, and and he said you just couldn't get it out of your out of your nose, and and we were talking about a movie at the time that he had just watched, and and he and it was kind of a documentary type thing, and I was talking to him about it, and he said he, he told me he said brother he said as soon as I started watching that I could smell the sulfur, and and, and it, all the memories come back uh, on that invasion onto Iwo Jima and the sulfur those brimstone that destroyed. Uh, Sodom and Gomorrah, and here brimstone representing death and judgment, and the heads of the horses were as the heads of lions, and most of the commentaries would say that it talks about intelligence and power, but I, I, think, I, I think even the, the horses themselves were possessed. I do. I believe the day is coming when, when you're going to see that, that these horses like the, the heads of a lion you think about what a lion looks like when they're getting ready to attack and their teeth are showing and their eyes are full of rage and death and, and, and to kill what it is that, that they're going to take out and, and even the horses are going to be like that. And, and so here the, the heads of the lions and, uh, uh, and out of their mouths issued fire and smoke and brimstone representing judgment of God and, and, and uh, 
You, you think about the mouths. You, you think of the words of their destruction, their deception, their hatred, their cruelty, ungodly speech. God's allowing all of this to be taken place. And God's just standing back, and what he's doing is just turning, turning loose everything that he has held captive for all these years. And so we see that for their power is in their mouth and in their tails, for their tails were like unto serpents, and uh, insinuating poisonous strikes and deadly wounds, and had heads, and with them they do hurt. And the rest of the men which were not killed by these plagues, so now you're down to half the world's population, yet repented not of the works of their hands. They still would not repent, and, and not only that, that they should not worship devils or demons, idols of gold, silver, brass, stone, and of wood, which neither can see nor hear nor walk. You, you, first of all, the idol that they have is an inanimate object. Secondly, the, the, the inference is that those who do worship idols today, you're ultimately all you're doing is worshiping a demon. And it's demonic what people are doing in worshiping some sort of a demon. Neither repented they of their murders, nor of their sorceries, nor of their fornication, nor of their thefts. It's amazing to me, the Antichrist, by this time now, has led quite the campaign. And he has convinced not just a few, but he has pretty much convinced the entire world that for them to be happy, they needed to follow him, and they need to destroy all of those characters called Christians that trust Christ throughout this time. And it tells us that these billions of people kill millions of believers. And so God's judgment, the final days of these characters, will be filled with horror upon horror. And it will be days of fear and fright beyond any description. I, I don't, I mean, we can sit here and try to debate on some of this stuff, and, and some, some say that the fire and the smoke and the brimstone, that, that could represent a nuclear war. Maybe, maybe it does. I, I don't know. I, I don't, uh, all, all I know is that it will be demonic what takes place, and all God's doing is just, he, he's un, unloosed a bunch of the demons that he's held captive and not allowed to bother us and hinder us. And boy, are we not grateful. I am. I'm truly grateful. And by this time, half the population will have perished. And they still refuse to repent. You know, there, there are a lot of hard people out there. And I know that. But I also am encouraged in Jeremiah, it says that the word of God is a hammer that can break the hardest of stones. And so what do we do? I, I don't want anyone to go through this. I, I mean, the, the horror that's going to take place, and even for those that do trust, their, trust Christ as their Savior, oh, there won't be nothing pleasant about it. And most of them will die a martyr's death. But 
it just, I, I don't know, I guess it just encourages me to know, first of all, I know Christ is my Savior, and I hope that you do too. And if you do, then let's make sure that our loved ones, our family, our coworkers, our neighbors, that we've done everything we can to tell them about Jesus and have them prepared for the day to see Jesus. Because when this comes, this will be terrifying. And let us uh, let it compel us to tell others about Jesus. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for Revelation chapter 9. Lord, truly, there's some things I guess maybe we don't totally understand what it will be, but Lord, the one thing I do know is it will be frightful. And I know that, Father, that that day comes, your judgment will come swiftly. And so, Father, I pray until then, if it's tomorrow, then let us be faithful tonight. If it doesn't come for another 10 years or 20 years, let us just be faithful, just even as we took of your, uh, the command of the Lord's Supper tonight. Lord, we just do this in, a, in waiting for your arrival. And Father, let us be faithful and honorable in what we do. I pray that you lay people on our hearts that we need to go talk to, that we'll listen to the Holy Spirit, and that we will share the gospel and love them and help them, Lord, to see the truth of having their sins forgiven and make certain that they're ready, ready for that day. And so, Lord, I pray that you'll do a work in our hearts. Guide us, lead us, use us this week. Bless and direct us, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you guys. Have a wonderful evening.